0: Thank you for listening to the Ace Stomping Ground on 365 SportsCast. The Ace Stomping Ground is sponsored by Dent Solutions of Napa Valley, House Doctor's Painting of San Jose, and American Asphalt of Hayward. Now, back with you for another hour of Ace Talk, your host, Brandon Greco.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Ace Stomping Ground I am Brandon Greco, and it was a really good week for the A's and for A's fans. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about, really for multiple shows, how inconsistent they've been, and I was kind of saying that in June, June's kind of been the month where they've picked up the pace over the past couple years, and they kind of got the head start not being 500 at this time. They were already seven, eight games over 500. In June, they're on a roll. They just they're just playing great baseball right now and it's really good to see so we're going to be talking about what we saw from the diamondback series kansas city and a little bit of the angel series before we wrap up last week and start talking about next week but first thing on the list we're going to be talking about the dings and the dents which is sponsored by dent solution
0: How many of us have parked far away to try and avoid having someone or something dent our car? If you are like me and love your ride, I guarantee you hate dents. It can be a hassle dealing with insurance or simply finding that correct paint job for that fine finish. Well, it doesn't have to be a hassle. Dent Solution specializes in the art of paintless dent repair. Just like you need a specialist for neck and back pain, when you have a dent or a ding, you need the Dentologist. With Dent Solution of the Napa Valley, San Rafael, Marin, Petaluma, Novato, Fairfield, and Vacaville. For over three decades, Ian Cordol has provided five-star service specializing in world-class repairs. It's a true art, and if you're a victim of unsightly dents and dings, then the Dentologist is your fast, affordable solution to those minor dents and dings.
1: So, the dings and the dents that this team has, nothing new. Um, They avoided serious injury with Chad Pinder, and he got hit in the head with a fastball. He turned away from it, and his helmet flew off his head, and it hit him right in the back of the head. I... Don't know if he's going into concussion protocol. I haven't seen anything on the extreme side of that. But it seems like he might, you know, he might miss a day or two. He just got hit in the head with a 90 plus mile per hour fastball. Only makes sense for him to sit out, give him a day off, kinda of recover from that. So that's the news on Chad Pinder. The news with Trevor Trevor Rosenthal is what I was saying. In the beginning of the year after he got hurt, I was originally thinking August, September, and then I heard some stuff saying maybe July, so that's kind of where where I was at with that for a while, but now it seems like for him to come back and start throwing again is mid-August, so back to my original thought of August, September, when Ro- Rosenthal could be coming back or start throwing again, which you hope, you hope is sooner rather than later as long as he's able to throw and not hurt himself again. Ramin Guadin, Goudon, I still can't say his name. I've heard so many pronunciations, but he is now in AAA. He came back from injury, and the A's DFA'd him. No one picked him up, passed through waivers, which I'm sure no one's surprised about. So he's now in AAA, still with the A's organization, but not on the on the big league team. So we don't have to see him out of the bullpen anymore. But Jesus Rezardo hasn't been pitching better since he's come back. He's been giving up a lot of runs, kind of like we saw out of Guardine in the beginning of the year. And so that's where we're at with him. And then there's Mike Fires, who was on the 60-day DL with elbow inflammation. So not totally sure no real time, t- no real time line with Mike Fiers. Just whenever he's able to throw again and get back, he was on a 60 day DL. He could feel better sooner. He could feel better after that. It just all depends on how he's feeling. So no real timetable with Mike Fires, but the rotation has been pitching really well with Irvin Montas probably being the weakest link this year, just with his overall lack of consistency. I think that Cole Irvin is kind of you know what you're gonna. You should know what you're gonna get out of Cole Irvin, or you know what you can get, and you probably could expect the worst out of everyone. Probably to have come from his start, he is the one on that rotation that doesn't have the overpowering stuff or isn't anything too too fancy, we'll say. But he gets the job done, and it's all about location with his pitches. So as long as he could do that, he could pitch pretty well. Frankie Montas has been pretty inconsistent, throwing the ball throw all over the place. A lot of walks, leaving balls in the middle of the plate. Just not really good. Anything to not really good outings or anything to build on going into his next start. It seems like, and that's kind of where I am at with the A's rotation. I'm Kaprelian. he's a rookie. He's had six starts. He's pitching very well, but he's getting himself in more trouble than the hitters are getting in he's walking way too many people he's had the bases loaded multiple times and has somehow been able to get out of it with only giving up one run not avoiding the big inning. hopefully you think that at some point it's gonna catch up to him and he might get burnt but in the meantime he hasn't so you can't speculate. you can't say he's going to and get mad but you at some point you think that with all the times that he's had the bases loaded in less than two outs that the big innings coming So you just got to hope that he can kind of figure out how to control that and make it easier on him and not walk two people in an inning, not get the guy out, walk, and there's just too many walks. He's pitching five innings in each of these starts, five, six innings. Could be more, but in each of his starts, he's walking multiple players, multiple long at-bats extended because of the walks. So as soon as he can get that figured out, I think that probably start seeing some better outings, out. Of, I mean even better outings out of him and each of his starts 5 innings, 3 walks 5 innings, 1, 7 innings, 2 3 innings, his worst start against Seattle, walked 3 and his last 2 starts against Colorado and Kansas City, 11 innings and 7 walks but 13 strikeouts, so he has really good stuff, kind of like Jesus Cesardo. the only difference is Jesus Cesardo is getting hit, Caprelli and is walking batters, which I don't I guess at this point I'd rather have you walk someone and give up a two-run home run every other inning. So that's not bad. I like that with Caprellian. So that leads me kind of into where I was going with last last week's set of game. I talked to you on that last Wednesday, but it was right before when I recorded that before the Diamondback series started. So that's where so that's where I'll start today with the A's winning that first game, 5-2, saved by Trevino, and win from Bassett. Bassett pitched really well in that game. The A's, actually, their starters, as I've been saying, and their bullpen, or their pitching staff in general, but the first week of the season, there were way too many walks. First two weeks of the season, there were way too many walks. And now they're the best in the league, and they've they allowed the fewest walks in baseball, and their rotation and their bullpen are all pitching better. A couple relievers that are struggling right now or have been struggling which i'll talk about in a little bit later in the show but chris bassett's been very consistent one walk seven innings two runs against the diamondbacks you won that game five to two a game where you don't hit any home runs but you get that game but you get the win you win the next game four nothing so that game against the diamondbacks or the series against the diamondbacks they scored nine runs they won that series nine to two in terms of runs and they just didn't hit any home runs so that's a good sign. You're, you scored nine runs in two games, no home runs. That's good for the A's to build on. You think going into that Kansas City series, you just won two in a row. Mike Miner, the A last year, who couldn't get anyone out. Seven innings, one run, eight strikeouts against the A's. Looking looking like the best he's been in a couple years, since he was with Texas two years ago. So A's went into that. He had a good day. Another game, they scored one run that game, and it was the home run. So Just a weird couple games with the A's. I was kind of concerned because we've seen the A's offense kind of have these big runs and then kind of cool off for a little bit. And I saw the one run on one solo home run and I got a little bit concerned. But the A's went into this little stretch against Kansas City where on the broadcast it was talked about a lot. So I'll just kind of recap it where the Kansas City Royals in 2018 drafted four starting pitchers in the top 40 and the A's saw... Three of them, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the A's were able to win all three of those games. It could have, you never know with those guys, you know, they could, you haven't seen them before, so they could go out and pitch really well, they could go out and not pitch so great, and that's kind of what we saw, other than honestly, the first starter, like Brady Singer, he pitched very well, he gave up three runs, he gave up, the A's hit a lot of home runs in that, actually they didn't hit any home runs, Seth Brown hit a home run in that game, so that was kind of it. That was the b- big hit in that game. Matt Olson went 0 for 3. But that was the start of this new stretch for Matt Chapman. And Matt Chapman in that game went 3 for 4. And even in the loss against Kansas City, I think he got on base. He was one of the few that kind of did anything. Oh, he went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. I was wrong. So it was that Friday that he kind of, That last game, the Thursday, he stunk, and then Friday against Brady Singer, he went three for four, had a double, a late hit in that game that gave the A's, It was a late inning double, driving in a run, get the A's kind of fired up back in the game, and Saturday, another game where Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, the two guys on this team that you expect to kind of carry you, both hit a home run combined, Seven for ten with seven RBIs and two, two doubles and two home runs between the two of them, hitting two and three. So that series, that was that game right there was the, the mats game right there. Chapman and Olsen really did well. And then you get an RBI from Mitch Moreland, adding on Elvis Andrews, two hits. Guy Bolt had his first major league home run. Everyone was hitting that day. You score 11 runs. It's a good day. It's a day game. Going into the fourth game of the series, you're up 2-1 already. And then that's the game that I was thinking of the first game, where there was the home runs. There were three home runs hit, hit, three solo home runs hit, two by Olsen, one by Chapman. Matt Chapman got really lucky. Well, he probably thought he didn't, but that first at-bat where he hit a home run, the 3-0, there was a fastball about six inches outside, called a strike, a terrible call, a very terrible call. Ended up going into the A's favor because the next pitch... There was a hanging slider right down the middle and he hit and he hit a home run. So we got gifted a free home run instead of the walk. So you take that. Matt Olson finishes the game with two solo home runs. He now has eighteen on the year. One of the best first basemen in baseball, which is something that we knew. But the average is at two eighty-nine going into that Angels series, which is something which is twenty-five points higher than his career average. So Matt Olson right now, if this is the Matt Olson that the A's are gonna get for however long he's an A, you have an MVP candidate again. We just lost Simeon who's doing very well for Toronto and you now have another MVP candidate if if he continues playing like this and continues with the numbers he has. It's probably going to be Vlad as of right now, but Olsen, even if he doesn't win it, if you have someone that's an MVP candidate playing that well, you're going to be in good shape. So you don't have to win it. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying he's not going to win it, but if he keeps playing like this, he's 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 crushing the ball. The only person that hits the ball harder or with more of a barrel percentage than him is Shohei Otani. So Matt Olson is someone that goes up there, barrels up the baseball, and he does some damage. So Matt Olson and Matt Chapman getting hot is huge for this team. And you going into that Angels series, you found yourself a game and a half over Houston. And you gotta like where you're at. You're going into going into a series in the division, a team that is trying to get to 500, trying to catch you. So what you do in that first game is you go out and you score eight runs, even though it wasn't looking... I mean, the A's, they scored, they were up 7-1 to one in the third inning, and they only scored one run after that in the fifth, and the Angels scored four in the seventh, and you, you kind of worry a little bit, especially with the Angels. They don't have Trout, but David Fletcher and Julio er, Iglesias... Jose Iglesias, Julio Iglesias, Jose Iglesias. They did exactly what they do all year against the A's, and they hit. They went a combined. They went eight for ten against the A's. The A's cannot get David Fletcher out. He is hitting three forty against the A's in his career. This series, he is hitting over five hundred against the A's, or this season, hitting two seventy two. And this year, I think he's. Going into the game was nine for 22 against the A's, and so now he's 13 for 27, hitting just under five hundred. Cannot get him out. There's no one's been able to get him out all year on the A's, but you were able to slow down Otani. The A's have done a really good job of not giving up anything to Otani this year. Nothing too crazy. They slowed down Justin Upton, who's been doing really well, hitting home runs, hitting leadoff for them. Max Stassi hit a home run in a couple games. He didn't do anything. Anthony Rendon, 1 for 3, so you did a really good job with the top of the order, but the bottom of the order for the Angels is what did the damage. Jared Walsh, Iglesias, Lagares hit a home run, Fletcher 4 for 5, but if the top of the order was there for the Angels last night, it could have been a different story, but the A's got lucky that it was just the bottom four guys and not Otani and Upton and Stassi and Rendon doing all the damage, or at least adding to the damage and making that a complete lineup, which it can be. If they're all clicking, those are guys that we all know on any day can be on and look like some of the best players in baseball, but on that day they were not. So that kind of leads us into the Tuesday game where the A's look to kind of you know, I mean, you're in first place at this point, you're two and a half over the Astros. So now you have Frankie Montas who's kind of been struggling this year, and you have him going up against Andrew Heaney who the A's have seen a lot. So in that game, Frankie Montas pitched very well, probably his best start of the year in my opinion from what I've seen. Seven innings, eight strikeouts, one walk which is really important for him, which we'll talk about in a second. Two earned runs, five hits. He gave up a run in the third and a run in the fifth. That run in the third was the first run of the game, the A's were able to bounce back and take the two, score two runs in that inning and take a 2-1 lead. So he gave it up and the A's came back and got it, came back up and got it back with Tony Kemp singled, Mark Hanna doubled to drive him in, and Matt Chapman singled to drive in Mark Hanna, so the A's are up 2-1 to one in that game. And David Fletcher just kept hitting. He was 1-3 for three today against the A's with an RBI, so didn't get the multi-hit game but still doing damage, got an RBI against us. That was Frankie Montas's second run that he gave up. And then from there, it was pretty much all A's until the end of the game. Sean Murphy hit a home run late. To give them a little bit of an advantage after Otani, Elvis Andrews had another double, RBI double. He had one at the end of the game that almost got out. Seth Brown a sacrifice fly. So the A's got production from multiple guys in that lineup. And up until the Murphy home run at the end of the game, they didn't hit a home run in that game. They would have still won even if Murphy didn't hit that home home run. So for me, that's a good sign, seeing that this team over the past couple weeks has played a lot of games and has won a decent amount at least two or three now where they haven't had a home run and they're able to score runs or they haven't needed to hit a home run and it's just good to see that the offense is now kind of picking it up and getting to what the, the glimpse of what we saw during that 13 game winning streak when they were clicking on all cylinders and it, not all cylinders. I guess Chapman and Andrews weren't doing anything, but the team just looked. They gelled at that point. They really, they really picked it up and looked dominant in that whole entire stretch. And since then, the A's have kind of been fighting and really almost beating themselves in some of these games with terrible at bats and just not doing the, just not doing the little things to get the wins, time in and time out. And now it seems like they are. Matt Chapman, not only is he playing great third base, he's now hitting. Matt Olson has continued to hit along with play good defense. Mark Hanna, he's been really amazing for the A's this year. I don't think anyone thought going into the year that Mark Hanna would be hitting leadoff pretty much every game. He's hitting 250 with an on-base percentage of close to 400. For someone that doesn't get a lot of hits like Mark Hanna, for him to have a on-base percentage over 100 points higher than the batting average close to 400 which is really good getting on base a little bit less than half the time so that's perfect for the leadoff here you have Chapman Olsen hitting I think that the f- the top of this lineup without Ramon definitely you're seeing a little bit of a lack with Jed Lowry hitting fourth which is really an interesting move but not all your pieces are there you have Skybolt hitting last instead of Loriano in the lineup Pender wasn't in the lineup today so or on Tuesday so it's just you got. It's all about finding the right, the right pieces, and the and it's all about trying to get the team to be comfortable without one of their best players. Get all the pieces in order, and Melvin's doing a really great job of that. He has been for almost ten years now, oh maybe over ten years. He just got his contract extension, or I guess the team option got picked up, so he's going to be back for next year. Which I was going to be talking about him later on into the year about what they're going to do with this contract, but they decided to pick up the team option, so Bob Melvin will be back, which is huge for this team, a team that constantly has just no, it seems like almost no carryover from year to year with groups of players, so for Melvin, who's been around this team as long as he's been and to have us now in our second stretch of winning. And it seems like we've had more winning years than not with Melvin. It's now on year four of this stretch. The first one was three before they unloaded everyone. And it seems like they still have a couple more years. The these guys are coming up earlier. It's not just who signed for four years. It's guys that came up from the farm system that you have under club control for a while that are kind of finding their own. And then also it's the veterans. I mean, the A's aren't a young team. I think that the two youngest players on the team are Murphy and Lazardo. And other than that, they're fairly. A lot of guys, 30 plus years old, or Olsen and Chapman are 26, 27, or 27, 28. So they're. Oh, none of these guys for the A's came up in their early 20s, mid 20s, and they took the, what seems to be the more average MLB route to getting good instead of coming up like Fernando Tatis at 20 and instantly being one of the best players in baseball. These guys developed right before our very eyes, and now they are in the perfect spot for them to and to really just take the next step, and that's what this team has been trying to do since 2012. They're, they've been good enough to get there to the playoffs, but haven't been good enough to make a push into the playoffs, haven't been good enough to really show why they got there in the first place. They beat the White Sox last year, but the White Sox, that was their first time, and they didn't have the closer that they now have, and it was, it's just a weird year, they didn't have the starting pitching healthy, they just had a lot of, a lot of things went right for the A's in that series, and a lot of things didn't go right for them last year, with Chapman being out, with Olsen hitting 170, and with Laureano not really, with really the whole team not playing that great, Marcus Simeon didn't do great last year, Murphy didn't hit great last year, all the guys that were good the year before, and were there when you needed him at the end of the year, really struggled all year, which was like most teams, like Cody Bellinger last year, who's hurt again, he got hurt in game five against the A's this year, game six, and came back for a week or so, and now he's been hurt, so the Dodgers, he wins the MVP, he comes back and hits barely 200, but they won the World Series, and now this year, he's not playing very well, he's been hurt a lot, so you never know. What's going to happen with these guys, which makes me feel better about the Chapman situation and how poorly he was hitting to start the year. There's still a lot of guys that are expected to produce and have gotten paid to produce that still haven't been producing. Matt Chapman is having a better year than Francisco Lindor for the Mets, who is making $300 million. And Matt Chapman obviously is not because he's on the A's. So it's just, you know, it's a long season, and now that it's not the 60 game season, we're past the 60 game point even already. So now players maybe could relax. There's no, I mean, there is a rush, but at this point, you've been doing it for long enough into the year where you should be able to see these guys start settling in. And that's exactly what you hope is going on with Andrews, who's raised his batting average almost 60 points since that Red Sox series about a month and a half, two months ago. He's been driving the ball gap to gap, trying to hit a home run, got to hit the curls. He, he's not able to get one out, but. Just all, a lot of guys have really stepped up, and that's, that's what it's all about, A's baseball. There's not going to be one guy carrying the team, and if there is, then that team's going to be really dangerous. This team is built around everyone pitching in and doing their job, but when you got Matt Olson in the middle of that lineup hitting close to 290 with al- almost 20 home runs and maybe stat-wise the second best first baseman in all of baseball behind Vlad Guerrero, or at least in the American League. I'll say in the American League, behind Vlad Guerrero Jr., that's a good recipe for success. And the A's are they're in a good spot, especially with the players that they have and what they're doing. So what we've seen in June from this team, 11 wins, 2 losses in the month of June. You have Game 3 against the Angels coming up uh, very shortly. And then you have the Yankees, the Rangers, and the Giants coming up in the next set of games after this week next time i talk to you it'll be during that texas series without chris davis but right now they are looking to get a sweep something that they haven't done what seems to be in a little bit they they won the two games over arizona but that's a two game series i guess that's a sweep but they've been winning the first game or winning the first couple and not able to just close it out or against kansas city they lost the first one won the last three so hopefully Game three against the Angels, you've put yourself in a really good spot to get the sweep. They just keep doing this. They just need to be able to just consistently win games. You know, they're winning these series, but you know with the Astros so close behind you, you need to start picking up four or five wins in a row. You can't win three, lose one. That'll put you at a pretty good percentage, but when the Astros are what we everyone knows the Astros can be and just right behind you and where they have been all year, You've got to be able to at some point just kind of I mean they already had their 13 game winning streak but another stretch of what exactly what they're doing right now 10 and two 11 and two kind of give them a little bit more breathing room against the Astros in this stretch of 11 and two they have only picked up two games on the Astros so the Astros are right behind them you'd think that that they'd be nine and four over the past 13 games so still very good still winning baseball games and from the Astros, not all their pieces are there, not all their pieces are as hot as they were. Uh, About a month ago, they had five guys hitting over 300, now they have two. Some of those batting averages have dropped 280s into the 80s into the 290s, which is still very productive, still very dominant, but the Astros have cooled off a little bit. They haven't really been clicking all year on both sides of the ball, except for when they play the A's, it seems like that's the team that... The league saw for a couple years, but it just seems like the past couple years, last year and this year, maybe it's the whole cheating thing getting to them. Maybe they're trying too hard to prove something. I'm not totally sure. But other than the A's, it seems like they've kind of struggled against the league. They didn't play well against the A's in the regular season last year, crushed them in the playoffs. This year, the A's really haven't looked like they had any chance against the Astros. They won two in Houston. They were able to win one the last time the Astros were in Oakland. But just nothing really to build off of and just not really anything that is giving me hope for the next series, which at least isn't for a little bit, at least into July. I think July 5th, 6th, and 7th, or 6th, 7th, and 8th. Right after the Fourth of July, or right during the Fourth of July, is when the A's play the Astros again. So you have a couple weeks, and like I was saying, the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers coming up to close out June, and the A's being two and a half games over the Astros at forty-two and twenty-seven, or forty-one and twenty-seven. You 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 can't you can't be upset considering where this team started, considering what what resources this team claims to have or not have with getting guys in and the group that they brought back. There's a couple guys on this team that in this stretch that I'll talk about that haven't really been helping and I think have been holding the team back from even being better. They lost two games in this 11-2 run. One was a 6-1 to game, and the other one was a 1-3 to three game so both those games their offense just wasn't there but Lazardo and Yusmero Petit recently and really Petit for a while now just doesn't really seem like he's able to get he's kind of back to why I was worrying about him before I just think that at some point He's just not going to be able to pick just to keep up where he's been and like the dominant performance that we've seen the past couple of years. There's been stretches where he comes in and pitches and he gives up a home run and he gives up some loud contact, but he's always kind of gone back to, you know, avoiding barrels or whatever. But pretty much since that twin series in the middle of May is when I think really it started. That game they lost when Miguel Sano hit a home run against them. From there, it's pretty much been downhill for Petit. I'm not totally sure why he's been pitching a lot. It doesn't seem like he's going up there. And just it just looks like he's not the same. In that stretch, his, his ERA got up to 340. It has dropped back to as low as 286. But recently, he's been giving up runs again. It's been a little bit better since Seattle. I think that that was just kind of the worst end of it that really shot up that ERA where he gave up three runs in two-thirds of an inning, but since then, he's had 10 in, he's had ten outings where he's given up a run in three of them, but it just seems like he's given up more hits than usual. It just seems like, I don't know, with Petit, he just has never been someone to me that I felt super confident in, and every time... I see him start giving up runs that for me I instantly am like see there it is there it is but then I'll go out and be okay the next game I think with Petit it's just all about matchup and opportunities and for Bob Melvin in the A's as reliable as he has been you still with him as a pitcher who's in his late 30s who's been in the league for as long as he's been in he's not the same guy he was even three years ago he's older the velocity's down. You need to find spots that I think are more, I really don't know how to put it, but spots for him that are a little bit safer, but yet in tighter games, where I've said this before, I think that if Yusmero Petit wants to come into the games, well, I mean Melvin, if Yusmero Petit is coming into the game 7th, 8th, and like he did in this Angels game, 9th inning, I like that they were up by 3, getting him to save, not a one-run game. Or if it's the 7th inning and you don't want to burn Deekman, or you don't want to have Trevino come in sooner than they need to and it's the bottom of the order or there's just some lesser hitters up for the other team, I think that's the spot for him. Yes, he can go up and get big outs, but more times than not, it just seems like some of these big name guys, some of these guys that are up there to do damage, I feel like have an easier time doing that against him. That being said, he's been super dominant for the A's the past couple years. He's not going to go pitch scoreless out inning after inning every time. But it just seems like with him, with the A's, finding the right opportunities to get him into the game, like this Angels game, they were up 6-3. to He came in for the save. He gave up the home run to lead off batter make it 6-4. to And then the rest of the inning... He was just fine and was able to get out of it unscathed, one, two, three, the rest of that. So with Petit, you just got to find opportunities for him. And with Lazardo, he's been strugg- struggling pretty much for the past two years. It's I'm not totally sure what the plan is with him at this point. I don't think the A's really know what the plan is with him at this point. It just seems like right now that they're just trying to get him into the game and have him feel good about himself for a couple innings, not see the same guys over and over again. But he's coming in and thinking that he's going to overpower people with a fastball that's straight. He's not going to do it. He gave up a ball, a home run to Shohei Otani. Today, another home run, 115 off the bat. It was 98 miles an hour. That's great velocity but if you look, it was literally right down the middle. It could not have been more right down the middle. So, with Jesus Lizardo seemingly giving up home runs, every time he comes into the game, you're not going to have him in the rotation until he starts putting together consistent outings back-to-back, which is something he has really not done in his career so far. This is his first full year, which I have said, but... You'd like to see someone at this point in the year, yes, he sat out for a while, but start to make some sort of stride, start to look a little bit more comfortable. He's just not pitching well at all. He's just leaving pitches right down the middle, and that's really all there is. I mean, that's really what's up with Jesus Cisardo. He's not locating anything, and just he falls behind and just throws it right down the middle. You're not gonna blow ninety eight pass major league hitters. Maybe that worked three, four years ago when you were in double A facing guys that are never even that you may never even see again. That'll work then, but right now you've in your last five and two thirds innings given up seven runs with three strikeouts. So the strikeouts that were there in the beginning of the year that he was getting have fallen off. And he's now giving up quite a few more runs. The ERA when he got hurt after that Baltimore start, where he went three innings and gave up three runs, was 5.79. He came back and pitched four innings, dropping his ERA to 5.6, 5.06. His ERA now sits at 6.21 and has risen one full point in his last five outings. Four outings, multiple innings pitched. So Jesus Lizardo, we got him for it, for Doolittle, we got him for Ryan Madsen. Thinking that this guy was going to come up, and I'm guilty of it, just come up and be the ace of this team, lead us like Sonny Gray did, and was just used to pitchers coming up and being really dominant, especially when they have as much hype as Lizardo's had. I can't remember an ace pitcher that has had as much hype as Jesus Lizardo coming up through the minor leagues. So for him to come up and struggle like this, it's very... It's very discouraging for A's fans. I'm sure it's very discouraging for him. But for him, look at a guy like Chris Bassett who came up and wanted to be a starter, but they put him in the bullpen. Anytime a starter got hurt, he would step up and he would pitch well, but they never gave him the consistent opportunity. And then they did, and then he found himself starting on opening day and pitching in the biggest game of the year at the time when they needed him to against the White Sox in that three-game series. You lose, and then you have Bassett come out, and you win the next game. Could have gone home in two, but Bassett came out and has really been, I think, the ace of this staff. Sean has pitched pretty well. His ERA is now under three. But going back to the past two years, Chris Bassett sits at a 3-4-3. Three, three. He just seems like he's more in control out there, being... I say that as he's is, I think, first in the major leagues in hitting and hit batters. But it just seems like when he's out there, he has a good feel of his pitches most of the time. The fastball is working. The big curveball is working. I like watching him pitch. And Sean Maniah, the ERA under three, he's been pitching really well. He had three rough outings that stretch of Boston, Houston, and the Angels, where his ERA went from 3.7 to 4.17. His ERA since then is now at the two nine nine we see it at. So the ace pitching, there's Bassett, there's Mania who have done nothing but progress and get better throughout the year, and then there's Petit and Lazardo who with Petit had an ERA under one for the first two months of the year, month and a half. His ERA is now over three. Lazardo has come back from being hurt and has pretty much gone right back to where he left off. Not being able to get guys out. Now he's not even striking them out and giving up way too many home runs. So that's what is going on with the rotation, and that's what happened with the last week's set of games. And the rest of this show, we're going to talk about what's next on the schedule. As I mentioned earlier, the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers coming up. And we're also going to be talking about who needs to step up other than the obvious, who I said, Lazardo and Petit. So we're going to dive into that after this. So the rest of the show and the next segment is sponsored by House Dr. Painting.
0: House Dr. Painting, located out of San Jose, has provided quality painting in the Bay Area for over 30 years. A proven 21-step preparation process will ensure your paint job looks spectacular for years to come. Owner of five consecutive years on Angie's List Superior Service Award, House Dr. Painting is a fully licensed and insured painting contractor, able to take on any painting challenges. We specialize in exterior and interior painting of homes, duplexes, condos, townhomes, apartments, rental properties, and restoration of Victorian homes. If you're in the Bay Area or around San Jose, give House Doctor Painting a call at 408-979-0555 or go to housedoctorpainting.com. Bay Area painting since 1989 for the health of your home.
1: So what's left on the schedule, we have the third and final game of the series against the Angels, and then from there we head out on a big road trip, 10-game road trip, three against the Yankees, four against Texas, and then three against the Giants. I'll be talking to you again during that Texas series, so we'll be able to discuss that Giants series a little bit more before, and, and a week from now before it happens. So what we'll talk about is that Yankees series, that Texas series. For, and before that Yankee series, series gets kicked off, we have the off day on Thursday. So for the A's, a day game followed by an off day, you're flying to New York. You probably have a full day in New York to get used to the time, to get comfortable before. A game that starts at 4, which would 4 in New York, which would be 1 here. So you know, a little bit earlier than usual, but you have the full day, day and a half of rest to get used to it, get, get acclimated to that time. And I'm very excited for that series, not only because it's the Yankees, but James Caprelian, the man we got for Mr. Sonny Gray, will be pitching game one of that series on Friday, June 18th, followed by Chris Bassett and Sean Manaya. So arguably the three pitchers for the A's that have been pitching the best really since Kaprelian has come back, uh, He, I think Kaprelian followed up that awful, awful Sean Manaya start or pitched the game before where Mania pitched three innings, gave up seven runs. It was right around that time. And since then, Mania had one bad start against Houston, five and in five innings, one run against the Angels. And so him, Bassett, and Mania have really been the three most consistent pitchers since that time. Cole Irvin has also pitched very well, but we won't see him in that series. He'll pitch, I think, that Tuesday game against Texas. So with the A's... Going into this Yankees series, the Yankees haven't been playing super great. I think they avoid Garrett Cole in that series, which is huge. You know, going back to those times when he was on the Astros, the A's striking out 15, 16 times against him. I'm glad I'm not gonna have to see that. Hoping that the A's, Matt Olson that short porch in right field, I hope that he makes that short porch his best friend. I hope that he hits at least three home runs this series. He totally can do it with how he's swinging the bat right now. He doesn't have to hit it. He doesn't have to hit it well. I mean, a home run in the first row is just as good as a home run that's in the third deck. It's, it looks cooler, but it counts the same. So make, make use of that wall. Maybe Tony Kemp could get one out. And I'm kind of bummed about the Texas series, which is a four game series, which will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday throughout the week leading into the weekend Giants series. Chris Davis DFA'd by Texas. He's no longer there. I was kind of hoping that we'd be able to see Chris Davis, but in that series I am excited to see Elvis Andrews go back to Texas and get the standing ovation he deserves for a guy that's had a really tough start to the year but has definitely picked it back up. You know that that's probably going to that's a definitely going to be a special moment for him. He's really been swinging the bat well and he almost hit one out and you could really all you could do is hope for that he hits one out in Texas. I mean, what a place. You go you're a shortstop in the major leagues. The first 2 months of the year, you don't have a home run, you're hitting 220. Your defense has been okay, but compared to the 170 and a lot of errors to start the year, he's been an all-star. For, I mean, compared to what he was the first month and a half. I mean, he's been the average was at 170 and now it's over 220. And the doubles went from one to double digits just like that. So Elvis Andrews has been playing great the past month and really just been a nice shot in the arm for this team. Tony Kemp also been playing great for this team. Something that I did not expect, something that a lot of A's fans did not expect, something that probably a a lot of people did not expect, Tony Kemp to be hitting 270-plus this far into the year. He's been on a hot stretch recently that has kind of cooled down. He's not hitting the doubles or the triples, what seems to be every at-bat, but he's still having really good at-bats, he's making solid contact with the ball, seeing a lot of pitches, and drawing a lot of walks. What was it, a couple of games ago, he went 0-for-1 with three walks out of the leadoff spot. Didn't get a hit, or out of the nine spot, one of the two. I can't remember which where he was hitting, but he didn't get a hit. He got on base three times. Three walks in his first three at-bats. If that's not setting the table, I don't know what is. The are saying a walk is as good as a hit, you know, that's what they say in baseball. To me, that is the farthest thing from true, but a walk can, can be just as good of a hit as a hit if you have the people behind you doing the right stuff, but a walk is not as good as a hit. You get a nice base hit against someone that's got to kind of deflate them a little bit. If a pitcher walks you, you could say, all right, that's okay, I didn't have my best control, go after the next guy, but if you barrel up a base hit, smoke it past him, hit a hard line drive, that definitely is going to leave the pitcher thinking, man, I just really thought I threw a great pitch and he was all over it. Set the table, not actually, but mentally for the leadoff guys. Try to get that pitcher shaken up and Tony Kemp does a great job of that at the bottom of the order. Super frustrating to pitch to, I'm sure. And what another surprise for the A's. This team is full of surprises and as long as I've been a fan and with how they've played and how their team has always been structured and why it's been structured the way it is full of surprises i every time i think of surprises for this team i think of i think of that year where they had Tommy Malone, Jared Parker and even Rich Hill came up and pitched really well. Uh, Scott Kazmir this team has just been finding that's all pitchers but just random guys to come up and not going to do anything too flashy, but gonna do their job and do it really well. Tommy Malone, um, 10 plus game winner. Jared Parker, 10 plus game winner. Tony Kemp comes up and he hit didn't hit great last year. Right now he's hitting 270. He's flying all over the all over the ballpark. When he gets on base, you see him trying to work. He's playing great defense. He's hitting line drives. He's getting runners over. He's trying to bunt. Tony Kemp is the definition of I don't know what he's a definition of, but he's someone that knows his ability, knows that there is a lack of ability, knows that he is by far the best player, from the best player on this team, and don't you don't take that as a knock, you just have to look at yourself, and when you're a guy like Tony Kemp and a guy, you're on second base and you see Aaron Judge, who's 6'7", 250 pounds, and you're 5'6", 160, who do you think the better baseball player is? Aaron Judge. But Tony Kemp does, I'm not comparing them at all, I'm just saying for Tony Kemp, a guy like Tony Kemp in this league who is able to not try to do too much and is kind of just figured out this year of doing what he is best at and just sticking to that is a really good thing and just, that's just great baseball. And something that the A's, I feel like they just find these players that that are maybe not the best ability-wise, but baseball, intelligent baseball players, they know what they're doing, and they look like they know what they're doing out there. You see a lot of teams, the Pirates haven't been able to touch first base all year. There's a lot of guys, a lot of players on teams that just, bad base running, bad approaches, which the A's do have some bad approaches on that team. Tony Kemp, I don't think, is one of those guys, but just an all-around good player. He's good at what he does, he knows what he, he, knows what he does best, and he sticks to it. So, that's what the A's have coming up. Tony Kemp has been a really nice surprise for me, and what I was saying is Petit and Lazardo have been kind of struggling. I would like to see them pick it up a little bit, but that's not where I'm going to go with this, who I want to see get pick it up. Seth Brown needs to start hitting again. Mitch Moreland at this stage, he's a DH, he can't play the field, and... You gotta have a left-handed hitter in that lineup that you could stick in the outfield, stick at a spot where when there's a righty on the mound or a lefty on the mound, you feel comfortable enough to just not have to throw all your righties in there. And then late in the game it's just Seth Brown needs to be able to go back to what he was doing before. And not it seems like he tried to be doing too much for a little bit there there was a stretch where he was playing a little bit better than Matt Chapman where Matt Seth Brown was hitting 220 Matt Chapman was at 205 and now Matt Matt Chapman is over 220 and Seth Brown last I saw was barely at 190 so th- those two have done a complete switch of production so Seth Brown for me someone that I've really raved on all year someone who I really do, still do like I'm hoping that this is just one of those slumps that he could get out of. I think that he's trying to do a little bit too much, a little bit too quickly. I'm seeing him swing at a lot of pitches early in the count, not seeing pitches deep into the at-bat, not seeing the pitch all the way in, trying to explode on it, trying to open up too much. He had a good thing going in the beginning of the year when he first came up of staying on the ball, hitting it to the opposite field, and now it seems like he's trying to hit the ball. 350 to 450 feet down the right field line every time trying to pull the ball trying to hit home runs But that's not what you need to do on a team that's full of home run hitters You just need to get on base and have good at bats for them and any production out of you is a bonus but at this point it's also necessary because Piscotti and Pinder haven't been the most consistent this year Ramon Loriano is hurt so boom right there that's three outfielders gone in a team in a team that seems like the outfield depth was fine. So you have Ken out there every day. You have Tony Kemp that you're throwing out there. You call up Sky Bolt, who just hasn't been able to figure it out at the big leagues. He plays really good defense. He's really good out there. Made a really nice diving play in that second Angels game. But the offense just isn't there. He hit his first big league home run, which is always a good thing to see. But he's hitting or er, 77 Just striking out, swinging through pitches, not really having a good approach. It seems like when he does make contact, it's good. I mean, it's a good sign that he's making contact when he does, but it's just nothing too crazy. The home run that he hit was a fastball right down the middle. I mean, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. There's definitely some other players that need to play a little bit better. Than what they have been doing, Sean Murphy's been hitting home runs, but the average is still pretty terrible, so you could say that, but he's a great catcher who brings a power element behind the plate. He has a lot of RBIs. His batting average is pretty decent with runners in scoring position, which I guess is when you need him to be there, but the average itself is not good at all. So really, Seth Brown, to me, is who I'm looking at, especially at Yankee Stadium and Texas, a play where A place where the ball flies both of them lit as I was just saying with Matt Olson doesn't it doesn't matter how far you hit them as long as they get out but in Yankee Stadium you could hit a ball 314 feet and it's a home run I mean you got you got a guy out there that's taller than the fence that might is looks like the green monster in cleats with Aaron Judge but you just got to. it's big gaps short right field a good place for left-handed hitters to hit which is something that the Yankees have always wanted on their team left-handed power hitters so for the A's, a team with Moreland, you have Seth Brown, you have Matt Olson, Jed Lowry could f- switch around and hit from the left side. So there's definitely a lot of options from the left side in terms of power for this team, which is definitely a good sign and definitely something that gives me a little bit more hope going into this Yankees series. I just feel like last year, without Matt Olson hitting, and there just wasn't much from the left and now with Mitch Moreland playing pretty well, pretty much playing to his career averages power-wise at, per at-bats. He doesn't have a lot of home runs, but he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. He's hitting around 250. He's hitting doubles. He's getting big hits when he needs to. He has good at-bats. So with the Ace is just keep up what you've been doing, and it's a long season, but on this show, I take it week to week, so I kind of that's kind of how I take it with how I'm looking at the team as well. So right now, this week, and really for the past two weeks, with how bad Seth Brown's been playing, Matt Chapman has started to step it up, has stepped it up. Elvis Andrews has been playing phenomenal. Really, the whole team is playing very well. Seth Brown, with Ramon Laureano out, we need another. We need some more punch. We need something extra. It needs to come from you. You're the other option on this team that's proven and I mean by proven, I mean you've shown this team, this fan base what you can do. You've shown that you can do it consistently. We're not asking you to go hit 270 with 25 to 30 home runs, but 240 with 15 240-250, 15 home runs. I think that that's pretty doable for Seth Brown, but in order to get to 240, you got to at least be at 200. So Seth Brown, get the batting average up. Start putting some good swings on the ball. You're going to find yourself in Yankee Stadium. You know you're going to be playing. Jamison Tyone, Game 1, righty. Seth Brown's going to be in the lineup. He's got to produce. Got to stay consistent. And that's all I have for the week. It's going to be a fun week in Yan- playing the Yankees, getting ready for the Giants, who have played better than more pretty much everyone's thought, maybe other than some serious Giants fans. but. Some tough games coming up, and I think the A's are ready for it. It's been a good month for them, June in the past. They've started out 11-2, so let's just ride the wave into July and stay in first place at 2.5 above the Astros. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Customers, tenants, and visitors get their first impression of your business right in the parking lot. Pave the way for a beautiful experience attracting and retaining tenants, residents, and protecting your business against liability with asphalt, paving, and concrete services from American Asphalt. Show us your ugliest asphalt, your worst sidewalks, your faded parking lot striping. We'll restore it to its former glory. Our award-winning team has the experience and equipment to tackle your toughest paving challenges. We've been serving the San Francisco Bay Area since 1983. American Asphalt is your one-stop source for paving services in the Bay Area. We specialize in all aspects of concrete and asphalt, serving a range of industries including residential communities, commercial and industrial complexes, schools, restaurants, wineries, special event centers, and more. We are committed to serving the communities we work for. The road to success is always under construction. Ensure your business is at its best with industry-leading asphalt, paving, and concrete services from American Asphalt. Contact us today by going to www.americanasphalt.com.